Hello everyone and welcome to the Red Corner. Today we have myself, Will, and a Sunderland fan, Gareth. So we saw Liverpool beating Sunderland 1-0. A bit of a shock, some might say. What did you think of the performance, Gareth, from both teams? Um, I thought it was a very average game, um, poor game. The wind didn't help. Um, and so I thought it was two teams who were generally lacking quality. Um, Liverpool had um, the two best players in Coutinho and, and Markovic on the day. And Markovic obviously scored and could have scored again in the first half. Um, second half, the send-off was a bit harsh. Coutinho was probably lucky to stay on. Um, if he's going by letter of the law, um, like he sent off Bridcut, um, he probably should have sent off Coutinho. We gave the game away. First half didn't didn't even didn't turn up. Disorganised. Players didn't really, you know, attack the game. Um, and they just second half there was a bit of recovery, but we still didn't really, you know, pause ourselves. It's probably the worst we've played at home all season, really. So did did you expect anything? I mean, with Liverpool not playing too well. Um, when I saw the Liverpool team, I thought we might get something. I was disappointed. Maybe like Jones didn't play for us and Virginia played right back um, because... Uh, hey, mate, without Sterling and Sturridge, that's our strongest team. Yeah, well, the Sterling and Sturridge make a massive difference. If you had Margovic, Sterling, Sturridge and Coutinho in the team, then yeah, you know, you're in business, aren't you? So, that, I mean, that makes, you know... Two or three very good players make a massive difference. Yeah, without without if you put in storage for Barini, then we we'd, we'd be we'd be looking at two or three nil. I mean, that time the Barini rounded the keeper. Yeah, and managed to roll it into the side netting. That's just indicative of a player who's lacking in confidence or trying too hard. You know, he snatched at that when he went round. If he'd been at Sunderland last season, um, I mean, it was funny he scored a goal from a similar angle. He had the, um, a very similar situation where the ball brought him against Chelsea in the League Cup quarter final for Sunderland. Um, I think that was his second goal, and that's when he really sort of kicked on for us. And it was a very similar position, and he just, under a lot more pressure, just slid the ball into the far corner. Um, yesterday, he went round and he snatched at the chance. Um, normally, you like at Sunderland, if he'd been back end of last season, he probably would have taken his time and just slotted it in. But you reckon he made a big mistake in the summer rejecting a move to Sunderland? I think he probably made a mistake not moving on. I can understand why he stayed. Um, we probably thought he'd had a good he'd, he'd had a good season at Sunderland, and he didn't want to be a flop, um, big money move. You know, people would have talked about him failing at Liverpool, and he's a very yeah. professional man, so very professional player. Really worked hard on the training ground, from what I've heard. Sunderland fans think of him. I mean, yeah, yesterday he didn't get the best of reception there. Um, I, th- I mean, I was there, and I thought the reception was. Better for Mignolet and Henderson, but I, wouldn't, I think there was a few boos for Barini. But I think that's just—it's stupid and frustration on their behalf, really. I mean, yeah, is that more because you could really use a Barini than because he didn't impress you last season? Because from what I gathered last season, he became a bit of a fan favourite. No, it's with because the Chelsea and stuff. It's because he didn't come. It's because yeah. he, we chased him all all summer and he didn't come. So people are upset that he didn't he didn't sign for Sunderland because. You know the fans loved him. He scored in a, you know, League Cup semi-final, League Cup final, first, first Sunderland player to score in a cup final since 1973. Yep. Um, the derby. He scored twice in the derby away at Newcastle and at home. Um, 
scored penalty against Chelsea in the game where we beat them two one. Um, scored in the game that kept us well. The the game that sort of um, confirmed our uh, top flight status against West Brom. So he, he did really come up big last season for Sunderland when you really yeah. needed it. Yeah, he was. We've missed we've missed him massively. He he does something that we have we haven't got a player in the team who's going to comp we who who does what he does. And that's play from the left. Play from the left as a sort of way come striker. He works hard enough defensively to play there, um, and then he makes great runs. He's very direct in his running from that wide position, and in Poyet's system, um, he worked very well. Um, they seem to work like they seem to just have a good understanding of each other, what what each other wanted. Um, so I don't. I mean, I don't, only Barini knows if he regrets not moving. We'd we'd Look, t- still taken back in a heartbeat. Um, you, s- you saw how we lined up yesterday, and you said he, you know, he's a versatile player. We've been playing him mostly off off the striker. I think we played him in behind once, and it was versus Arsenal. Obviously, okay. he, he walked. Where do you think his strongest position would be in that system? You know, is it is he it in behind? Is it even a wing back or is well, it he, couldn't, he couldn't play wing back. I mean, he'd have to play. I mean, you kind of play. Um, where you don't play with two up front, do you kind of play like a three six two, one? Two yeah, it's a two one attack. Yeah. It's a Christmas tree, that's what you play, Nick. Yeah. It's a Christmas tree. So yeah, I mean he'd have to play in one of those positions, but I mean he's not gonna he's not gonna get in there. I, I, I mean you'd have to you'd have to play in a, a four three three and he'd have to play from the left. Yeah. From what I've seen. Um he played up front for us for a spell. I mean that's what he wants he wants to play as a striker, but you know, not many. Well, not many teams play two two up front now. I mean, for for good reason, and he's not. He's never going to get an opportunity to play with somebody. So, and he isn't. He isn't your kind of player who you can rely on as a lone striker. And I think the only time that's effective is in games where you're really up against it. I think one of his best performances for Liverpool was versus Madrid, where yeah, he didn't really do much in an attacking sense, but he pressed. But I think. I think. Um, to be fair to him, if he if he'd, I mean, yesterday, if it had finished nil nil. Everyone had been saying how poor Liverpool were, and, and you know it, it was one nil. And as a result, yeah. you know Rogers is saying it's outstanding, and you can apply that to Barini. If Barini goes around the goalkeeper there, he did everything. The run was great. Got off the shoulder, got in behind, ran to the keeper, and puts in the side net. And if he scores, everyone's saying, you know, Barini's proven he, he deserves. For us, it's, for us it's all about progression at the moment. So the first half was a, a really positive sign for us yeah. because although we didn't finish our chances. Yeah, uh, we didn't really create many chances, but we felt like, you know, if the penalty had gone for us, which I can I just clear up was a hundred percent a penalty. Uh, yeah, although I think have... sending off was uh, controversial. Yeah, least. we didn't have the monitors in the in the first half. Um, mm. the, I was like right up in the gods in the press box, and we, we did. I, I couldn't see what happened for the penalty. Um, it was it was one of those that gets given all the time as where to, you know really? the two defenders are on rush into the striker going through the striker's got all the momentum. Markovic is obviously incredibly quick, gets the ball, and you know the def- it's not that the defender's trying to take him out. It's just he's t- taken the chance that either he's going to get his foot on the ball, and it's not a penalty, although there's still a risk because you just don't want to really want to go in there. Or if the striker gets the ball first, it's probably going to be a penalty. Yeah, and. It's just one of those where it's not even something you have to think about. You saw Markovic go down, and you go, oh, "Okay, that's a penalty," and then the ref didn't give it. Uh, but aside from that, the first half, and aside from finishing chances, the positives were how we controlled the game. We've looked a lot more um, 
adept at just keeping the ball with this back three. Uh, yeah. Recycling, not trying to... For- at the start of the season, particularly when results weren't going our way, we were forcing the issue. And it was when you saw Balotelli getting frustrated and you saw our midfield crumbling because they were all pressing up to the edge of the box, uh, trying to grab something. And then on the counter, we were ridiculously vulnerable. Yesterday, we didn't have to commit men forward because we kept the ball well. Mm. We moved it left to right uh, and forward, uh, back to forward. And aside from getting goals, the first half for us was incredibly positive. I mean, you didn't have a sniff on goal in the first half, did you? Yeah. I think, like, you know, I think you're right. But Sunderland were just absolutely dross in the first half so I think like they didn't put Liverpool under any pressure whatsoever mm-hmm. um, you know I mean it was too easy too easy and uh, I'll tell you, uh, someone did impress me on your Van Arnholt came in from Chelsea didn't he yeah he was absolutely rubbish yesterday really? <laughs> comparatively yeah, you he reckon yeah. he uh, was, I thought of all your defenders he was certainly in terms of not letting his man go past because I thought at time there were times where I don't think we took advantage of how easily we were ghosting through your defence. I think we should have perhaps at times put mm. on a more uh, dribbly threat than Bruni. I think if you were going to move Markovic anyway, I would have been up top uh, mm. because your defence was not good when we were running at them. But Van Arnholt was. He was, I thought, for a kind of limited fullback who was dealing with Markovic, having the best game he's had so far here, I thought he was quite impressive. Well, he got me. You just kept on getting dragged inside he kept on following Gerard and then then Jaggerini was having to drop in um, and then he when, he when they were trying to get back in shape he was just nowhere he was like I'd, I'd argue that's Poyet's fault more than Van Arholt's fault I think Poyet should have seen that the 3-4-3 was dismantling you. You, you 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 could tell that was a team who'd never faced a 3-4-3 before because I mean Gerard didn't do much but what he did do was you identified him as danger man you sat one of your uh, defensive midfielders on him and then Van Arnholt tucking in on him and a centre-back pressing forward. So you had Barini running in between the two centre-backs as he did for the Markovic goal and then Markovic running out um, on the outside. And unless you have a winger to track who enjoys tracking back, which I didn't feel Jacarini did wanted to do, it's going to dismantle. I think that's a more systemic thing. And I think Rogers got it right from the kickoff. And then ruined it in the second half with the introduction of Lovren. Yeah, did Khan go to left? Did he go to like a left wing back sort of thing? I can't, I can't remember. So. Chan to right wing, but Chan moved from centre back to right wing backs. Right. Everyone shifted forward on the right, uh, which made Markovic less effective because of what we just talked about. Uh, I was, Chan obviously made the unimpressive run for the for the red card, but I didn't feel like he contributed a whole amount. I think it was mm-hmm. solid. But it's definitely not his best position. And Lovren, whether it's his ability or just the lack of confidence he instills on the rest of the defence, we dropped ten yards as soon as he came onto the pitch. Mm. And suddenly we were, un- you know, we went forty-five minutes without feeling any pressure at all. And yeah. then we bring on Lovren, we retreat ten yards, just like we were doing earlier in the season. And suddenly we're under forty-five minutes of pressure. Mm. Uh, Marquinhos at PSG has been criminally underused. So that's the man I'd be throwing money at. Uh, for a more reason, I think we should have rivaled um, Southampton for Alderweireld because he's not the best. But actually, if we had the foresight to think we were going to be playing this three at the back, Alderweireld sat in between Sacco and uh, Chan would be a very effective system, more effective than we have with Skirtle. So Alderweireld would have been my choice 
on a budget. Oh, I thought that Stefan the fridge is quite decent. The Vrie was the one Vrie. we were looking at in the summer. Yeah, we we were talking about him last year, weren't we? Yeah, um, we we were linked with him, but nothing else happened. He was he was kind of the Aga replacement, I think, if you really wanted to go down that route. And yeah, with with hindsight, the Vrie would have been good. I don't know how he's got on because I. He did make a move, didn't he, to Lazio? Yeah. Lazio, and he's fallen off the radar. So I don't know. Yeah, he hasn't done too well there. He's been okay. Um, I think. Well, actually, I didn't even think buying Lovren was the mistake. I think replacing Saka was the mistake because everyone, well, not everyone, because some people thought he was clumsy or whatever. But for some reason, Rogers favoured Skirtle, who he'd already tried to get out of the club once during his tenure. Over Sacco, who was our marquee signing as Umbra going as an excellent centre back. And we tried to replace him. And now Sacco's fought his way back into the team and is on current form undroppable. And we have an issue where I'm to play a midfielder at centre back. Doing a very good job, but not ideal. Yeah, but I still think buying Lovren was obviously a mistake. We still could have actually bought someone better. I mean, why did Lovren look so good? The main reason was because of Southampton's two defensive midfielders. Wanyama and Schneidlin. Whereas we have Lucas and Henderson. Exactly. And Lucas is set to leave. So. Hey! So. But now we don't really have a proper defensive midfielder. Didn't something funny happen with Lucas, Max? I, I, I don't think we should talk about that. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should talk about how he DM'd you yesterday. It was really weird. In a way, in a way he hasn't DM'd the pitch for Liverpool in years. I'd, it was a really weird message from him. Read out, read out. So he just randomly followed me. And then a minute later, he messaged me. That's the problem. You never give me enough credit. Lucas, and in third person, <laughs> Lucas isn't the best, but who who has been better? All the best. And then just the unfollows me. <laughs> I, I was, was really didn't you tweet like it looks like Lucas is off um, he's not the best but he's the best we have at DM yeah no, no, no. I, comp- I I complimented him all the time so literally he, he agreed with what you were saying but still felt the need to go into a teenager's direct messages and make his point and then quote Gerard from like oh he's, he's a bit of a sad case isn't he I don't get it like it was just so random I don't know. It was a weird anyway, day. Sunderland game. Let's finish this off. Well, it was everyone's man of the match. Markovic. Yeah, I would have to say the same, really. Gareth? Yeah, Mark, Markovic or Coutinho. I guess Coutinho um, probably could have gone, so you'd have to give it to Markovic for his... Certainly for his first-half performance, anyway, which really won Liverpool the game. Do you rate Coutinho as a player? Because I know there's there's a kind of debate outside of Liverpool. Um, um, well, you can play for England if you want. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a good player, isn't he? Um, carries a ball well. He's like a glider. That's how I would describe him. He's sort of like, he's quite graceful. Probably, I mean, the, the, the level he wants to play at. Um, you'd probably expect a little more end product from him. But how old is he? 22. 22. Well, there you go. I mean, that'll come with time, won't it? Yeah. Um, I think the only problem with him is that he just cannot shoot. If he had that in his pocket, then oh, yeah, he'll, he'll probably be our best. Because player. actually, I don't think he's your out-and-out um, 
you know, luxury creative player like Ozil, or even your, you know, focal point technician like uh, Silva. Coutinho is uh, at heart a central midfielder. He's a, he's a number eight. Um, and the sooner we can get him there, the more you'll see. Because actually just creating chances isn't what his game is about. If you look at um, his defensive work and his general link-up play, um, as Roger said in the summer, he's the kind of heart of the team. If anything, he's a Modric type. He's a bit more comfortable having more of the ball, but creating less. It's just, even, even if he didn't have to improve his shooting, even if he just took his simple chances and didn't shoot so much, I think he would, um, yeah, that would improve him straight away. And I'm sure that's something the club will be working on with him. But well, I like the idea of him playing with Gerard, to be honest. Not so much as making it permanent, but if you give Gerard space, bad things happen to the opposition, usually. But recently, people have learned that if you mark Gerard, well, there you go. Gerard's non-existent. Um, but that also gives Coutinho space where he can put his free balls. Yeah, so get a real central midfielder in the January transfer window, which is going on, uh, but apparently... I it's weird to think that we're almost halfway through the January transfer window and nothing's happened yet. But um, yeah, sit Coutinho alongside a proper midfielder. Uh, and then when Raheem comes back, you have Raheem and Gerard in behind Daniel Sturridge. Yeah, I think potentially our team can be great. But I do feel last season kind of hurt us a bit this season in terms of our expectations. Yeah, now the expectations have dropped. We're doing okay again. Yeah. I mean, looking at the bright side, we're four points off fourth. That's not exactly a utter disgrace. No, uh, just it'll depend how the United Southampton game goes today. Let's pray for a draw. Yeah. Uh, on the Bridcut sending off, uh, what do you think? We'll, we'll do it yellow by yellow. I thought the first one um, wasn't a yellow because there was no intent. He was literally just running and Gerard. I mean, Gerard's played for it. And I think the referee should have seen that. And it's a free kick, but it's not a yellow card. I think the second one was because when I looked at the replay, what he's doing, he's looking down at his feet. He can see where his feet are going. He's tried to make a trip look accidental. And for me, that's a worse crime than just impeding Gerard on a counter-attack. So I feel the, the first one wasn't a yellow, uh, but the second one was, which is the opposite of what Match the Day was saying. But there you go. So it wasn't a red card overall. Um, and I don't feel Coutinho's was either, because I just don't think you can book a player for that that offence, not twice in a match. That's That's craziness. Well, personally, I feel the first one was a yellow. And the second was like arguable. If he wasn't on a yellow, it it would be a yellow. If he well, was... then it's a yellow by the, the yeah, by the exactly. law. So I think he Boyer should said be red carded. Which was very graceful of him. But Boyer... um, regarding Coutinho, I do think he should have been sent off because if he'd done the same thing twice, if the first one's a yellow, that means the second one should be too. But I'm not even sure the first one is a yellow. Well, because... that's, yeah, that's a different matter. But by the letter of the law, it is. And you, you can't give yeah, someone the, the benefit Sunderland of the doubt. just whacked into him. And yes, he's being annoying. But I think what the you know what a, a straight-talking referee should do would go up to him and say, you know, don't be a dick. If you do it again, that's a yellow. But So maybe the second, if, he, if after being talked to, he'd gone on to commit the second offence, yeah, that's a yellow. But, but I don't think we could argue that much if, it, no. if he would have got sent off. It's like, you know... Play, you know, it can be the 90th minute and you can be winning. And if a player 
you know, it doesn't give you the ball straight away for a throw in, then that's not a yellow card unless it's really obvious time wasting. It was like the was it like half an hour? Well, it's basically it's like not, Sterling, not a yellow. Uh, hitting the player. We were actually really lucky about that. Yeah, that was a that was a red. That was yeah. stupid for me. And he didn't even get banned at all from the <laughs> FA while Shelby did. But yeah, so Bridcut probably not sending off. What about you, Gareth? Do you feel? I mean, there was soft buggins. I mean, if you're going to say that Bridcut was cynical in the, this tri- I thought this the first one was probably more of a yellow than than the second. Um, but if you're saying the cynicism about Bridcut of the first Coutinho one, he's he's blocked him off twice before Virginie's kicked the ball at him. So he's ran the line of the ball, and then Virginie moved to kick the ball the other way, and he ran the line of the ball again. So he's trying he's trying to stop the free kick being taken quickly. But I think Poyet summed it up very well actually yesterday when he he basically said, referee's got a decision to make. If you're gonna either you're gonna either decide at the start of the game whether you're gonna use common sense and referee the game that way, or you're gonna referee the game by the letter of the law. He chose to run run the game by the letter of the law, but then was just making it up as he went along. So he's giving yellow cards. I mean there was a, a foul there was two fouls after the Bridcut sending off. I think. I thought Gomez, the referee had a nightmare. Yeah, Gomez made a foul um, about five minutes after Bridcut had been sent off, which was a clear yellow card. Um, it was worse than both of Bridcuts. It was similar to Brid, uh, Bridcuts on Gerard in the first half, and he gave um, gave nothing, um, gave a free kick, but he didn't give a booking. And then there was one where Johnson went down the outside of someone um, in the second half um, near the corner. It was Moreno, by. wasn't it? And he hacked him down, and he didn't. He didn't give anything. So there was afters after uh, in the aftermath of that. Um, I think Johnson like grabbed Moreno and threw him to the ground. Oh, yeah, it was a little, was, little dig with his toe, and the ref just kind of ignored it. It was that was. I think one that's one of those you should probably book both players. That was a different one. I think they thought it had gone out for a throw in or something, or it hadn't, or otherwise it had been cleared for a throw in. But it was a bit of a heavy challenge, and I think there was. I thought Bridcuts. I don't think Coutinho or Bridcut, if you're going to referee the game logically, I don't think either of them should get sent off. But if you're going to referee the game in the in the manner he chose to referee the game, then they both get sent off. Um, at least, at least to his credit, I don't feel the referee was biased to either side. He just wasn't very good. No, he was just crap. I mean, but I mean, you know, you always end up talking about these decisions. I mean. People say they even themselves out over the course of the season. They might, but it's it doesn't make it any more frustrating. I mean, we you know we we'll go back to the whole game on on Boxing Day. We lose lose that game three one, but we should have had two penalties. I mean, two stonewall penalties in the first half for handballs, and the referee gives neither of them, and then he gives a free kick which Paul get a corner from, and then subsequently score from the corner, um, which was never a free kick. So. You know, mate, yesterday we probably got away with it. Sounds as though I haven't seen it again, actually, but it sounds as though we got away with the uh, penalty in the first half and then Bridcut got sent off. So we could have been, you know, we could have been 2 0 down after 15 minutes or something. Um, but Bridcut gets sent off, which is a bit harsh. Coutinho might have had to be sent off. You know, I think like, you can get bogged down in that. I think the decisions that went against us in the whole game had more of an effect on the game um, than the decisions yesterday because. I felt as though yesterday that we were so dreadful in the first half. We wasted half a game. We wasted half a game of football um, as a team, and they were just, you know, insipid, lackadaisical. Um, 
You know, we're down to the bare bones, really. We didn't have many options. We had two youngsters on the bench um, because we, had, we were missing Fletcher with injury. Um, out of all, the other option was ill. And then Rodwell's out. We had a, he'll be back, though, soon. Catamore was out. Um, Coates is obviously uh, couldn't play in the game. So there's five players he's missing straight away. So the options deplete, really. So I think like, the team he put out is probably... The only change he should have made is probably John should have came in because he'll give you what Van Arnold gives you down the left. And it's interesting that you thought Van Arnold had a good game because I thought he was quite poor, but generally he's been excellent. But you can't you can't rely on you. I mean, fullbacks are very important in Poyet's system. It's a bit sort of you can't rely on fullbacks to win your games. It's down to other players, and at the moment there's not. It's only Adam Johnson, only Adam Johnson really, who's the one. That's making stuff happen, and you can't. It's not fair that we're relying on him to to drag us along. Um, other players need to need to step up. How has uh, Quarters been? Um, he had a good game against Newcastle, um, and he's been generally dire. Aside from that, so you wouldn't want to sign him? On a no, game. definitely not. I mean, the frustrating thing is when I look around, it's options and for January. Barini's the you know, you'd still take Barini. But we can't take him on loan even because we've got Cortez. The other striker that I'd look at is a as an addition to the squad if we're going to um bring in somebody else as well with pace. The other one I'd be looking at would be Lambert because he knows how to play that system and I think Connor Wickham could do with somebody like him to learn off. Connor Wickham should be modelling his game on um, Lambert. So having someone like Lambert around for six months might give Wick- Wickham you know, the you know, like you can learn from him. Please take him. Yeah. Um, so I don't mean, and I think they do better at Sunderland because you know we we need somebody to hold it, and Liverpool don't really play that way. They kind of get one. They want. It's all about pace, isn't it, with Liverpool? So um, I think we if we put pace around him, if we brought somebody else in to play from the left. Um, maybe then, you know, Lambert would be somebody that I'd, I'd think would be a useful addition for us. But we can't. T- I mean, are Liverpool going to sell him? Probably not. I don't think so. Are they? I mean, because Balotelli will be the one who probably leaves, won't he? So if you if you do sell one or Barini, so we can't even take him on loan because we've got Quades. I think um, it's Barini who's off. Yeah, well, he wants to go back to Italy, doesn't he? Probably. Um, but will somebody in Italy pay the pay the transfer fee that Liverpool want? I mean, we, we might get you might sell for what eight million now. I mean, you had the opportunity to sell for twelve in the summer. It was twelve rising to fourteen, and that didn't work out. Or ten rising to fourteen. Now you're going to be looking at your stocks. His stock has dropped really since since he's left Sunderland without a doubt. So, well, I mean, I'd be delighted if we brought him in. I think you could do. I think you could do with it if there's a deal to be done. I, I, but it's it's all about Barini's mindset and how he feels about the move, and it's a big move for him, isn't it? He's going to be spending the prime of his career at his next club, logically. So if he doesn't, if he doesn't want to be at someone for three, four years, five years, then that's fine. Um, I respect that. If that, if that's his, does it, that's where he doesn't see his career. But it's it's a bit sad to see his. You know, a lot of people look at the fact he's, you know, not being involved a lot or not even on the bench at times. 
like some Sunderland supporters will kind of look at that and almost laugh at him. But I, I, I wouldn't do that. I feel sorry for him because he's a bet he's a he's a better player than that, and it has it just hasn't worked for him at Liverpool. It's like Altidore at Sunderland. There's a player in there somewhere. Um, you know how good that player is. You know, but it's by the by. But it's better than the one that we've seen, and it just hasn't worked for him. He's trying too hard, and he just hasn't got any confidence. And I think it's just. It's just never going to work for him at Sunderland, and I think that's the same with Barini at Liverpool. It just isn't. It isn't going to work for him. He needed to get off to a flying start, and he didn't. And then you 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 you're recovering from them. People start asking questions. I used um, to want to. I I used to want uh, Barini to go on and model himself after uh, Dirk Count, who did a, a fantastic job for Liverpool over the years, and that was from work rate, being in the right position at the right time, being versatile, but. Actually, the, you know, for all his supposed technical ability, Brini has genuinely been a poor player in a Liverpool shirt. Certainly yeah. this season, he hasn't showed even any promise that would make me feel he hasn't been effective in the same way the Cow was. I think we've got to the point where we need to, you know, cut him loose. And I don't think it's a priority, but bringing in another striker would be lovely. Mm. I think Liverpool. I don't know what's been said in the summer. Understand, uh, like. You know, it was clear that Liverpool was saying to him, you know, we were willing to sell you because he accepted a bid from Sunderland and Queen's Park Rangers. What I would say is that I don't know if anyone said it to him, but somebody at Liverpool needs to sit him down for the good of his career and say, listen, you need you need to go because it's not going to work for you here because he's going to stagnate. I mean, the issue you got there, if he doesn't go, is that you've got this player on the books that... You know, is unhappy because that's that he's been told the club don't want him. But you know, the fact he's been sparsely used, you know, the writing's on the wall anyway. Yeah, it will be a benefit for both parties, really. Yeah, if he does leave. But I, I don't think he was that bad yesterday. I mean, no, he, he was fine if he'd scored. People yeah, would have been exactly. saying he had a good yeah. game. So. He he literally did every single thing right, apart from finishing that shot, and it was a hard thing to finish. It's a tight angle. I'm telling you, if he plays every week, he's if he's playing every week, um, he scores that. He scores. It's just, you know, you can see he snatched at it. He went around the keeper and he he thought he had no time and just snatched at it. But if he'd been playing for like six weeks and two months, he scores. Yeah. It's just it's because he needs to play and he's not playing. And that 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 goes for that goes for Lambert. That goes for Balotelli. But I feel he's a lot better than Lambert. And. Coutinho also thrives under people who can actually move. Lambert just stays there. I mean, you have to question Rogers' transfer record, really, don't you? I mean, there's no real rhyme or reason for the play, some of the players he's brought in. I mean, I mean, Lovren was bought in the back of one season. That was a lot of money. Um, you know, Joe Allen, a lot of money. Um, he's done okay, but I mean, he's not exactly. You know, spectacular player is he's he's not like a box office player that like you're going to spend sixteen million quid on or whatever it was that you spent on him. Um, then you've got Barini, obviously he was what eleven, twelve million quid. Lallana, Lallana, who I mean, I think, I think Lallana will come good. I think he's suited to Liverpool, but yeah, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll become good. But twenty five yeah. million is yeah. And then you've got Lambert, obviously. I mean, how much was Lambert? Like five million quid or something, was something he? I mean, like that, yeah. I mean, there's, but there's no there's no reason to bring. To bring Lambert in, to bring Balotelli in, 
they are two players that you don't even have to be a Liverpool fan to know that they aren't going to they aren't going to fit in a Liverpool team. They don't work. You need to replace Suarez. Obviously, you've lost Sturridge, and you're not going to be able to replace Suarez with somebody as good as Suarez. But you might be able to replace him with somebody who does some of the jobs that Suarez does to to a level that aren't isn't as good as Suarez, but you know will work in Liverpool's system. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think see... the issue as well that you've got is because Sturridge has been out for so long. The the other forwards kind of feels though they're an addition to him, and the 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 you know the the focus has been put on them to perform, and they haven't. But at the same time, you'd expect them to be able to to do that if they've you know if they've spent the amount of money on him on them that they have. So yeah, I I agree, and especially last season, one of the main reasons why we did so well was because of how much we pressed, and that goes down to work rate. Right? Yeah, with Bal- Balotelli and Lambert, they don't exactly run at players. I think I think Lambert works hard in other ways. I don't yeah, think, he, he works hard, but he can't press. Does. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. But that that's that's the point, isn't it? He's not he's not suited to to play for to play in that system. I mean, this talk. I mean, it's probably just pay, like you know usual sort of transfer claptrap like you get this time of year. But because because we we're on about sending out the door to the MLS, there's talk of default. Because um, he's at Toronto at the moment, and Toronto won Aldador, so a few people are kind of putting two and two together and saying, "Well, yes, Defoe wants to come to the Premier League. They're going to do a bit of a swap, and Defoe's going to come to Sunderland." Fine on paper, great. Defoe, thirty-two, he's older than you want, but he's a proven Premier League goal scorer. Um, you know, some people would say, "Well, Sunderland shouldn't sniff at that." But when I look at it, I think, "How is it? How on earth are we going to accommodate Jermaine Defoe?" There's no, some, we, we set up the way we set up week in, week out. Jermaine Defoe can't play in that system. He can't, and that that would be, that's the thing. You know, sometimes you've, you've got to pick, even though a quali- what would, someone perceives a quality player comes available, you've got to pick and choose. You've got to pick and choose who, who you buy because you can't just afford to waste money on players. And I think, you know, a club like Liverpool, you know, that I guess... Henderson came good eventually, but he was bought with investment and in in sorry investment in in his in his long term career in mind. So that's worked out. But there's other players who Liverpool bought around that time who didn't do so well. People like Adam and stuff who spent a lot of money was spent on them. So I mean, you never know. You never know what you're going to get, and that's that's the thing. It, it's just it's so difficult in the transfer market now for all clubs because it's players just cost so much money. Try and buy a player in form. You know how much is that going to cost you? And there's no guarantees that it's going to that's going to improve you. And then the other option is you, for some teams like Sunderland, you've got to buy players who were in form, who are out of form and a bit cheaper. And then you've got to hope that the re the you know the rekindle the, the form where they look a good player and stuff like that. So I think Liverpool have got a better. They've got a greater pool of players to pick from because a lot of players would obviously jump at the chance to play for Liverpool. But I would say if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be a little bit disappointed in Rodgers' transfer record up to now because maybe if you'd made some, you know, better signings, you you may have come a little bit closer to winning the league last season. Who knows? I think Liverpool have got an opportunity to finish. Tottenham have kind of put a little bit of a run together, even though they haven't been playing brilliantly. Even though they lost yesterday, 
and uh, Man United have put a run together in the Premier League. If you can win two or three games in a row, you know, I mean, if Sunderland won the next two games, which the likelihood is they won't, you know, they'll, they'll be pushing for top half. You know, if we lose our next game against Tottenham, which we probably will, you know, we're only about a point off the drop. So it's early, it's still early doors in, in that context, but I just think the Premier League is so tight. I mean, Liverpool could get him a run and get an outside chance of finishing fifth or maybe fourth. But the, I think the competition is so tight for that fourth spot, 11th floor over the course of the, the next uh, few months. Probably won't know who's going to finish there until, you know, you won't, probably won't get a great picture of that till March time. Yeah. Do, uh, do you reckon Liverpool will finish uh, fourth? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um I think they'd finish. They could probably finish fifth, maybe sixth, which it'd be. I think that's you'd be disappointed because you had that weird sort of conundrum wouldn't you, in the Champions League where you kind of rested players in the Champions League to win games in the league, so you could qualify for the Champions League again next season by winning league games, which is seems like a strange sort of situation that you ended up in, but. Liverpool will be massive. You must be massively disappointed in the the Champions League. What what happened this season? Because you'd ex- with a group like you had, yeah, we we had to come second at least. Yeah, you'd have expected a lot better than than you got. Yeah, I mean, even winning one of those uh, other games, like it was um, Lugaretti drew. Was it you drew one all in Lugaretti? Yeah, one all. Yeah, and then you you lost to Basel. You get a, you get you get a draw at Basel. You know that's probably acceptable um, you can't lose you can't lose those games when you've got Real Madrid in your group can you exactly yeah. so I think that was sort of a bit surprising I was surprised but it just goes to show we're still yeah. in three we're still in three cup competitions though I mean yeah. we've got a really tough double uh, header against Chelsea in the League Cup mm-hmm. Um but I'm feeling, I'm hoping that that's not going to be a priority for Chelsea. Mm. Hope the, the League Cup sort of grown in its stature a little bit. I think team, I teams I sort of taking a little bit more seriously. Normally rate the League Cup, but winning it would be a fantastic. Let's say if we finish fifth or sixth, um, would you want Rodgers still in? or? I think the transfer issue is more a club thing. I think the committee isn't working. But with Rodgers, it's more about um, earlier in the season how he lost the meritocracy that we did so well with last season, you know. And you know, again, Lovren getting back in the team yesterday really annoys me because he's done nothing to warrant that. And Glenn Johnson getting picked up until his injury—that's uh, what concerns me more. So that's got all. Um... I'm not. I'm not actively Rodgers out, but I, uh, you know, I know that I would currently prefer to bring in someone like Frank De Boer but you know these things are not always possible and it depends on I think cup competitions are important this year I think the Europa League is almost a must win for us uh, and the FA Cup would be really nice as well and what about you Gareth as an outside perspective would you be surprised if Rogers stays in if we finish fifth um, I'd hope you well I'd hope you would so I don't you still rate him as a manager? Well, I don't think there's any, you know, not to be disrespectful, but, you know, under Dalgleish and slightly before that, even when you had Torres, who was scoring a lot of goals, 
you know, Liverpool sort of slipped down the rankings a little bit in that sort of top, like the upper echelons of the Premier League. And yeah, he got you back. He got you back there last season, and I think he deserves. I think he deserves time. If he's proven he can do that with the play, the right players, he needs time to to prove he can do that again, and that might be a few years. But there's no, I don't think there's any real necessity there to to remove him. Um, honest to God, honest to God, I would take a tenth place finished right now if we could um if we won the Europa League and then a domestic cup. Yeah, because we get Champions League if, if we win. Because I, normally I'm not asked about um domestic cups, but that would you know a trophy would be nice. But the Europa League, I've always held in high regard than most people seem to. And now with the Champions League place and offer, as well as it being a big continental competition, you know, what an opportunity that is. I think that's, that's actually one really good thing UEFA did to put it as a prize. If you win the Europa League, you get the Champions League. Because you see last season, two seasons ago, the top teams, they didn't always put their you know proper team out if they had a game on Saturday or Sunday. So now there's actually a true reason why to win. Uh, yeah, I think we have a lot of a lot of talent in all areas, but central midfield, which I think we do need to upgrade massively, goalkeeper, and then centre back. It's not ideal, but we could get by if we, if the if the team continues to grow. And obviously we've got Raheem and uh, Sturridge to come back in. The team continues to gel, and uh, we get a bit of momentum like we did last season then I see no reason why we can't make a run for fourth, even third, because it really is very tight outside of the top two. Uh, you know, even Everton could, not just mathematically, but with a, you know, a bit of inspiration, make a run at fourth. It's that tight at the moment. Um, so I don't think we should be writing anyone off, but certainly I would prioritise Europa League, because for me, fourth isn't a massive achievement. I think it is considering the start to the season that we had and, you know, the, the, the summer disruption. But, you know, really, who cares? We came fourth. It's a league position. Yeah, you get Champions League, great. I'd much rather finish lower and bag a big continental competition and get the Champions League place and the revenue that comes with that. So, first question coming up. Who would be your realistic defensive midfielder target? Well, I suppose that's just question for me and Will there, but I don't know. M M Via looks decent, but he's still contracted to Kazan. Kazan. All about Kovacic. Yeah, but he signed a new deal till 2019. Throw some money at him. I doubt it. It'll be very persuasive. Uh, Kondogbia is another defenseman. Mbula. There's a lot of French players out there. You know, if we had real ambition, we'd be looking at Pogba. Because, you know, criticise Michael Owen as much as you like. But of all the players out there, Pogba is the most Gerard-like in terms of the influence he can have on games from that position. I think the only way we can get Pogba, and if it's actually possible, is to is that in, in the summer and if we get Champions League or not. Because it's really important to get Champions League consecutively twice. Unfortunately, money talks. It's, you know, pay what Juventus are looking for, which looks like it could be anything between 30 and 45 million. 
and put him on big wages and tell him he's going to be the star of the team. I think he would be very open to a return to the Premier League. But yes, I think Champions League is important. Uh, I doubt he'll come without Champions League, despite the money. But if we had a Europa League behind us, you know, that's, you know, trophy and football. And, you know, I think you, you can't underestimate that actually the way that we play is very attractive to some players. I mean, Suarez talked about it in his book. He was thinking about leaving Liverpool when Rodgers came in and Rodgers sat him down and Rodgers talked about what we were going to do. And Suarez was sold straight away. I think attackers and midfielders, maybe not defenders so much, but attackers and midfielders really want to be a part of a team that gives them a bit of creative freedom and wants to wants to go forward. And uh, it's a it's a better environment in which to nurture your talents. And uh, you know, I think if Pogba was going to come back to him, I think if he's come going to come back to any Premier League club, it, it will probably be Chelsea because of the money. But I think he'd do better at Liverpool. Next question, coming from a Chelsea fan: Who should replace Mignolet? Answer this without saying check. Chelsea's second choice or rent boys. All right. Uh, Burned Leno or Matai Perrin. Neto would be a decent choice, but I doubt he would last for long. Yeah. I want a number one who would last a while. And Perrin is looking very promising. He'd be the cheaper option. But if we want a keeper who's already established himself as very, um, yeah, he's, he's probably the second best young keeper in, well, probably best the second best keeper in Germany right now, um, is Bernd Leno at Leverkusen. One one thing I wanted to ask Gareth, um, what do you think of Mignolet? I mean, obviously he's an ex-Sunderland player. I think uh, when he was at Sunderland, he was very good, brilliant, um, and I think he'd be a very good goalkeeper. You got to remember, he's still pretty young as far as keepers go. And I think Liverpool, to be honest, you know, sometimes you've got to take. I think. Too often in football, there's too much hyperbole. You know, people buy players on the strength of, you know, someone like Balotelli is always going to get great moves because even though he hasn't shown a lot in at any club he's been at, because he's got a reputation, so he gets these big moves. And I think it works both ways when, you know, a, a player like Mignolet is he, a young goalkeeper who, who moves to a club like Liverpool, there's a lot more spotlight on him, a lot more focus, and people start sharing out this stuff you know, always a Liverpool player and all that kind of thing. You know, um, I think he's good enough and you just got to persist. Um, you know, I think there's too much short-termism in football. Um, everyone wants everything now. Everyone wants to be in the Champions League. If you're in the top six, you want to go in the Champions League and it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. Things like that. So, but, it, you know, long-term, that can be detrimental. Like, all you're doing is, like, you know, living from season to season. Sometimes you need to put something... If you look at Manchester United, and I know you probably wouldn't want to, but there's a club who, you know, stuck with a manager, stuck by, you know, their philosophy and, and built something over the years. And as soon as that dissipates, they've, they've struggled. Um, so I applied that to Mignolet, and I'd say that Liverpool should persist with with Mignolet, even though he might make mistakes, um, which he never really used to make like that at Sunderland. And that, that's obviously confidence. Um, and maybe he needs better support um, in order to get through it rather than be told that he's going to be replaced by somebody else. I mean, you could spend 11 million quid on another goalkeeper 
and he might not be as good as Mignolet or he might make as many mistakes as Mignolet. So, and then you'll try and buy another goalkeeper for 11 million quid. So, to replace him, I think if you've invested that money in that player, then and you know he's a young keeper and you know you bought him because he's a quality goalkeeper, then you should you should um, persist with him. So you think it's more of a matter of confidence then? Definitely. Definitely. I think there's too much emphasis put on him. I think you know, people decide something about a player and then every little thing they do gets overanalyzed. Um, and I think he's you know well under the microscope at the moment. I mean, he was getting blamed for that goal at, at MK uh, sorry at Wimbledon by some people it's ridiculous I mean it was a foul he's been smashed I mean you can't you can't do that you can't just shove somebody over but when he lays weak so he's not weak he's been fouled I mean yeah. that that bloke is massive he's 17 stone and he's jumped in here he's not gone for the ball but then everyone decides that it's a foul because it's on Minulay so Minulay's been weak it's just think it's narrative. I just think you yeah, some people do have that agenda against yeah. some players. Yeah, I think, I think Min- Min- Minilay is one of those players. Yeah, definitely. I think from what I've seen, is a you know a quality keeper, and uh, yes, he's made errors. I would say the the real bad error that I saw him make was that one at Man City where the shot basically just went through him last season. You know, that's a big mistake for him to make. I mean, I would say his main, Mignolet's main weakness when he was at Sunderland was his um, was shots from distance. Sometimes his footwork um, wasn't a bit was a bit slow, maybe to get moving, um, and he, he'd, he'd be caught out that way. But I, I saw people criticising him for that Jagielka goal in the derby as well. People need to take a step back. Thanks very much for um, listening to this episode of the Red Corner. We should be back next week with a more standardised entourage. Uh, Hopefully Leroy will be back and it'll be in the wake of the Chelsea game, I think. So thanks very much and you'll never walk alone. Oh dear.